Have you ever wondered what it was like living or studying abroad? Maybe it's your country that's the destination for hundreds of thousands of foreigners looking for a new life, albeit educationally, economically, or simply just to start anew. Well, join me here as I go in-depth on my experiences as a foreigner in the U.S. and Canada. I will go into aspects of my experience such as college, to work life, dating to social, and everything else in between. Welcome to Out of the Woods. I'm your host, DJ. Let's get right to it. It begins. First, I think I should start off by introducing myself a little bit. For those who don't know me, my name is Darren Woods, aka DJ. I'm a native from the Bahamas who was afforded the opportunity to study abroad educationally in US in the US. And a key question that I was always asked when I moved to the US is why did you leave the Bahamas? What are you doing here in the US studying? And why are you in such a small city? I'll get to all that in a minute. I'm a twenty nine year old MBA graduate with an accounting focus. I also have a bachelor's in accounting and a bachelor's in Spanish. I come from a two-parent home. My dad is a pastor. My mom is a first lady. I have two sisters and I am the only boy. My sisters' names are Hensia and Davinia and they both have an amazingly beautiful daughter, which are my two nieces each. So how did I get to the U.S.? That's a question all of my American friends always wanted to know. DJ, what are you doing here in the U.S.? You left the Bahamas, a place with beautiful waters, magnificent beaches, and incredible food. Well, there's a lot more to the Bahamas than just the beaches and the the food that the tourists get to enjoy. but. In order to answer that question, I have to go back, way back. So my journey started right after I graduated high school. In high school, I was typically a straight A's and B's student. I did very well. I was socially involved. I was in our school's marching band. I was a part of our school's track team, whatever it is, you name it, I was involved. But what had happened was, upon graduating the 12th grade, I was mentally exhausted, like you would never believe. After pouring so much effort into trying to maintain great grades so that I can go off to colleges of my choice, I was done. I was mentally exhausted and I needed a break. So I said to my parents, hey, mommy, daddy, I need to take a break. Would you guys allow me to work for a while? And then after working, when I'm ready, then I'll decide to go back to college. 
Well, that was met with a lot of pushback. And let's just say it did not go the way that I wanted it to. So there's this university in the Bahamas. At the time, it was called College of the Bahamas. Now it's the University of the Bahamas. They've upgraded. <laughs> and upon graduating high school, because my um, scores were so high, I had a full-ride scholarship to attend the College of the Bahamas. Well, my parents told me that there was no way that they would allow me to waste my scholarship, so I had to go to college. Even despite me being mentally drained at this point and not being interested in school, I didn't have much of a choice. Or so they thought. Mommy and Daddy, if y'all listen to this right now, I'm sorry that this is where y'all have to find out how things happen, but the truth comes out one way or the next, doesn't it? So I was forced to go to the College of the Bahamas, and like the obedient son I was, I went. Or so they thought. So the College of the Bahamas is the hub for all of the high schools in the Bahamas. Usually all the graduating seniors go straight to the College of the Bahamas before they would go off, if they even got the opportunity to. So I was placed smack dab in the College of the Bahamas with all of my high school friends and some of my friends from different schools that I met, whether it was from my track and field endeavors or it was from just socially. So at the College of the Bahamas, I would go to school, but I wouldn't go to class. My parents never knew because mentally I wasn't there. I, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to take a break, catch myself mentally, do a little bit of soul searching, work for a while, and then I would have been ready to go off to college. But that's not how my parents wanted it to be. They pretty much said, you have a scholarship, a full ride, you're going to use it, you're going to school. But I had different plans. So every day, I would go to the campus, hang out with my friends, and not go to class. In my first semester at COB, I maybe went to, I want to say, 10 classes out of the full educational semester. (laughs) And what so happened was, each of those 10 classes that I went to, happened to be on days when we were being evaluated. So that never went well. Needless to say, by the time as the GPAs were released at the end of the semester, I flunked. I think I got a 1.35 my first semester at COB, and I have never in my entire scholastic experience attained anything under a 2.8. My threshold was from a 2.8 to like a 3.5. I always regulated between that GPA range. But when I saw a 1.35, I was like, oh my goodness, my parents are going to kill me. And if you know anything about Caribbean parents, that conversation with that GPA was not an impressive one. 
I really think I saw my mommy starting to cry. Like, they have never seen me done that poorly in school. They were dumbfounded and lost for words. And they had no idea what to do. And they asked me, DJ, what, like, what, what happened? And I was like, honestly, mommy and daddy, I told you, I, I'm exhausted. I'm mentally, I don't have it. I'm not there mentally. I can't function. I, I don't want to be in school. I need a break. I just really wish that you guys would give that to me. Let's say they still, they just didn't. <laughs> they weren't hearing that because they weren't used to me not being great in school. So, fortunately, the GPA requirements for my scholarship was a two-part, two-semester deal. So I had a semester where the, if I brought my GPA back up to a 3.0, I would be able to salvage my scholarship. So fast forward to my second semester at COB. My parents sent me back to school. They said, hey, you got to pull this GPA up. You need to keep your scholarship. Focus. And here I am in my mind, and I'm just like, you guys are not listening to me. I don't, I don't have a desire to focus. I have no desire to focus here in school. But they sent me back anyway. So guess what I did? The exact same thing again. Parties under the pavilion, under the tree with my friends every day. I'd go to school, take my books in my bag, make it look like I was going to class, and I would never step foot in the class. I think that semester, I didn't even go to 10 classes. I think 10 was way out of my my reach, maybe five. I went to the first classes for each subject I had, and then that was about it. So that GPA came back for the end of that semester, and it was a (laughs) 1.15. At this point, my parents are furious with me. My dad is boiling. And if you know my dad, like he is such a gentle soul. But when he gets angry, oh my goodness, it's like, what are you going to do? And I, I literally looked at them and I was like, listen, I, I, I'm not there. I don't have the drive to be in school. Mentally, I am still exhausted. And because you're forcing me to go, I don't want to. that just it it didn't click for them i lost my scholarship and they they were adamant that they were not going to give me a break and i didn't know why i didn't find out until later but they just did not want to let me take a break so going on to my third semester we had a conversation over some of my parents and i and they were like dj listen we really we we understand that you think you may need a break but we're afraid that you know kids of your generation males and especially when they start working they don't they don't have the desire to go back to school anymore we don't want that for you we don't want you to be stuck with a minimum wage job unable to really excel because of the negative economic standards here in the Bahamas because it's not what you know it's pretty much who you know there and they didn't want me to be trapped into that cycle 
So I, I listened to them and I heard them out and realistically I still was mentally exhausted but I said, you know what, I'd give it a chance. So I promised them I would give one semester a chance and then we'd reevaluate at the end of it. So I entered my third semester at CLB. This time I kept my partying under the tree <laughs> with my friends to a minimum and only when I didn't have classes. And I started to go to class. Like things were coming around. I was actually trying to focus. And then an unforeseen event occurred and it left me floored. My grandmother passed, the mother of my mom. And if anybody knows me at that time, her name is Beulah. Beulah was, she was my best friend. Every time I'd go to her house, I would run errands for her. I would sit in the room and watch her soap operas with her. And we got a call one morning, the doctor saying that she was on her last and the family needed to come say goodbye. Unbeknownst to me, I didn't even know that she was in the hospital. My parents were trying to keep it away from me because they knew the depth of our relationship and didn't want it to interfere with my schooling. And that was, that was tough for me. So when we got to the hospital, I didn't even go into the room. I think I was the only one of my family members that didn't go into the room to say goodbye to her. I just emotionally, I couldn't. I, I, I couldn't bring myself to going in there because I didn't even know that she was in there and it was too much. The emotions were too high strung for me and I wasn't, I wasn't able to cope with them. So I turned around walked down the hospital corridor and then I pretty much started crying and breaking down and I collapsed. Luckily my dad was falling behind me and he ended up catching me before I fell. Losing my grandma was one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with in my life. And it was at a time when I was I was really just starting to like actually focus on school and trying to be better and you know it was rough needless to say that that completely derailed my third semester at COB and I could not do it at this point my parents finally gave in they understood that losing mommy will be affectionately called her mommy was just too much and I, I wasn't even going to school anymore I just stopped going completely so at the end of that semester my mom and my dad sat down with me and we finally had a discussion I told them how I truly felt I was not going to go back to school again not until they gave me a chance to work and to find myself to find my true happiness and I promised them that if they gave me the opportunity to work a little bit, see some real life experience, have some responsibilities, 
that I would go back to college. And they knew that if I ever made a promise, I don't break them. So they gave in. A few months later, my dad helped me get a job at Atlantis. Yes, the Atlantis, the Atlantis Resort and Casino. And let me tell you, it's not as glamorous from the inside as tourists may be, may be exposed to. So my first job at Atlantis was in Royal Towers room service. I was a busboy. And I met some pretty interesting characters working in room service. And I had some pretty remarkable experiences with guests late at night picking up room service trays from their room and cleaning the floors. Let me tell you, it was an experience and a half, but it's one that I would not trade for anything in this world. It taught me a lot. It taught me patience. It taught me customer service. It taught me how to deal with people who are different from me. So I worked in room service for about eight months. Eight months to a year. And then there was an opening for a busboy position in fine dining in this restaurant called Casa D'Angelo, one of the top restaurants in Atlantis at that time. So I applied and because I had great scores, my managers in room service loved me. I was afforded the opportunity to move up to Casa D'Angelo. Now here in Casa D'Angelo, I made bank. Yes. The work was seasonal and obviously in the summers you would make a lot more than you would make maybe around winter or spring. But I made bike. Think about it. I was a at the time nineteen, twenty year old, still living at home with his parents. Um I had my own vehicle. I didn't have any bills to pay. I think I if I paid anything, my dad probably just made me pay a utility bill, which was maybe like fifty bucks. A month so no real responsibilities but I was taking home at the time for us five to seven hundred dollars a week on regular weeks including my tips but on busy weekends or busy week I would be taking home from a thousand to like twelve hundred dollars a week So I, I got to experience what it was that my parents were so afraid of. Because typically, bohemian males around my age at that time, if they were to get a hotel job making that kind of money, what would they do? They'd go buy the newest Honda. They would go put rims on their car. They would buy a bunch of jewelry. And that would be the dream job for them. But I had big ambitions. And that's what I always tried to explain to my parents. Like, what is $1,200 a week going to do for me? Like, and that, that was only on maybe four months out of, four weeks out of a year, I would make $1,200 a week. The other weeks, I'd probably make around closer to three, $400 a week. Some weeks, I'd only make my base pay with maybe like $100 in tips. So like $200 maybe. That's not a job for me. <laughs> I was way too determined and ambitious for that. So how did I get to Lee? 
the university. It's a Pentecostal institution in Cleveland, Tennessee. Yes, there's a Cleveland in Tennessee, not Ohio. And it's a very small school, but it's at the time it was starting to expand a bit. And the question that my friends always asked me was like, you came from the Bahamas. And of all places you can go, you come to this rural, rural hick town of Cleveland, Tennessee, to go to a Christian institution for school? How did you even hear about us? Well, while I was still working at Atlantis, working in Casa D'Angelo, one summer, a few teens from my church, Faith Temple at the time, went to an event called Teen Talent held on the campus of Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. Because we were a Pentecostal church as well, the Church of God governing body extended an invitation to churches from all around the world to attend this event. And at this event, uh, teams from different churches would compete, um, and some of the prizes would be scholarships to attend Lee. Well, Two of our team members were awarded scholarships because of their musical ability. And they attended. And after their first semester at Lee, they came home for Christmas. So I decided to have a conversation with them to see what the school is about. So I asked them, hey, tell me about Lee. How is it? I'm thinking maybe it's about time that I go off to school. The responses were pretty good. They said it was a pretty good school. The teachers are all invested in your educational excellence. They really care. And it's not just a slogan, like they actually care. They open up office hours to accommodate you. They want to know how you're doing on a day to day basis. And that appealed to me. So I was like, okay. I'll look into it. I'll see if they have the career choice that I'd like to take. Then my dad happened to expose me to some information. He said, DJ, you wanted to be an accountant, right? I said, yeah, dad. He said, well, we had an accountant do some work for us at his job. And he showed me the invoice that the accountant billed them for. This accountant was billing them for about 30 to $35 an hour to look at their books. And I told him, yeah, that's, that's pretty reasonable for an accountant, a CPA. And that's when he, when he, when it hit him that when I told him that a hotel job couldn't contain me, he actually believed it now. What would I be doing working 10, 12 hours a day just to make $1,200 when I could work a normal eight hour week, possibly be paid between $25 and $35 an hour and have leisure time to myself. So I looked into Lee's catalog and I found out that they had both accounting and Spanish. So I said, okay, this has got to be the place for me. 
it's a small city, not too many distractions, and for someone who was just jumping back into the college grind, I'm pretty sure that's what I needed. I didn't need any more distractions. I could have gone to schools at different cities or different states. I had a school in, in mind that I was looking at in Atlanta, Georgia, but <laughs> Atlanta was too much of a party city for me. And I'll get into that a little bit later on another episode. So I didn't want to do school in there. So Cleveland was the perfect choice. Uh, the university was the greatest choice that I made for my undergraduate career. I'll stop there for today. On the next episode, we'll jump into my life at Lee, my mom's reluctance to my departure, my new family, our favorite pastimes, and much, much more. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tell a friend. I'm forever grateful to any and everybody that stopped by today. And I hope to have you back for the next installment of Out of the Woods with your boy, DJ. Peace.